Hi, this is Lindsey Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast on Friday, April the 5th. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about the latest from the legislature, including some good news. Was there? But also bad news. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. So let, let's, for a change, start off with uh, some things that, at least in some way, can be construed as, as good news. Uh, the Arkansas House, on Tuesday, on its second try, approved the $8 billion Medicaid budget. Yeah, although, yes, and that's good, I guess, but there really was no option. They had to. They had to. And, you know, maybe this is the end of the acting like they're not going to pass it, the endless fights. Right. I mean, it was really just pro forma the first vote, and then it passed without a peep the second time. The House Education Committee, uh, when was that, Thursday, defeated a bill that would create a statewide school voucher program to spend $3 million a year to send perhaps 500 students a year to private schools. Gee, I hate to look a gift horse in the mouth because defeat of bad bills is a defeat of bad bills, but it is kind of sad when you have to get all your happiness out of playing defense, which... And, and there was some defense, and I, and I should be grateful for that because most everything else is offensive, and so, so this was good. Uh, they, did, they did indeed beat two voucher bills. Now, I think they have expanded the voucher program for uh, learning disabled children, which is ripe for abuse, but, <clears throat> but at least it, it nominally is supposed to be restricted to special needs children. But they, they defeated both a voucher program aimed strictly at Pulaski County and then a statewide one that would have taken $3 million a year and put four or 500 kids in private schools. And it was really focused on Pulaski County, too. Everybody expected most of the takers would be in Pulaski County. Uh, I would like to say this was a product of the smart and intensive opposition from people in Pulaski County, and there certainly was some from people like Joyce Elliott and Linda Chesterfield, and it was very eloquent at times. But this was a product of the school lobby uh, getting organized. Uh, I think probably if you wanted to pick a key player in the defeat of the bill this week for the statewide voucher program, it would have to be Richard Abernathy, the head of the Arkansas Association of Educational Administrators. Like him or hate him, and, and I'm not taken either side on this he's somebody who knows school finance knows how to reach legislators and and i think that the thing you have to note about the defeat of the voucher bill in the house education committee was seven republicans voted against it people from rural districts generally not entirely though there i think uh, i think janet de la rosa was one who was on the right side i thought on this issue but school districts in small rural areas are the biggest single employers they have. And and even if they don't currently have faced the possibility of losing students to a private school on a voucher program, if you put enough money in that pot, they're going to be jerkwater private schools popping up all over the places and churches all over the state and taking money out of local school districts. And I think they see the threat. And, and by the way, uh, the the proponents of this bill tried to say this is just the school people protecting their money and yes that that is part of it but they were very smart and and what they said was and this was also a key argument against the program probably the biggest argument said we're not here about money 
we're all for school choice. We now have unbridled school choice in Arkansas. You can go to any school district you want to go to within some limits. But we're about accountability, and there is no accountability for private schools. They don't have to meet the regulations public schools meet. They don't have to open their records to the public. They don't have to take all students. They don't have to reveal how well the students they take do on tests. And so uh, that, that really was a powerful argument to me and I think to a lot of other people. Yeah. Well, this is second, maybe third year in a row that a substantial. No, and and and, and given made. that it's been very successful in other places, I mean, and given how strong some of the backing is for this from some important people, it's really kind of a miracle. But we think the Little Rock Bill is dead. I, I was led to understand the governor is done with it; that they they won't try and come back these last three or four days and, and get it out. Uh, time time grows very short. It would have to now pass two chambers, and I just don't think they can do it. Okay, here here's one that I think that you will have a hard time finding fault with. Both chambers passed a bill to let DACA students access in-state tuition rates. They did, and that was a good thing. Uh, it had to be amended first to only cover real DACA, that is, people who have applied and gotten the eligibility so they're deemed legal. I mean, Which governor, is potentially several thousand people. Right. And, and, and I think this was very important to the governor because he didn't want to be labeled as saying he'd provide any comfort to illegals, so-called. I mean, there's not a dime's worth of difference situationally between a child who came to the U.S. with an illegal parent 15 years ago and graduated from an Arkansas high school but didn't apply for DACA status because they feared revealing their parents were here and those who do have the certification as DACA students. But at least I, I think, I'm sorry, I discussed this at some length with somebody yesterday, and I think, I think it is probably a fair guess that those who aren't legally DACA eligible are the most marginal of students and from that is from poorer families and who are subsisting in harder circumstances and are probably least likely to go to college. And so I think the bill helped most of the children it was intended to help. So there's so there's that. I mean, it does come amidst the continuing anti immigrant fervor at the legislature, including today passage in the Senate and probably likely passage in the House of a anti-sanctuary city bill, which is described by its sponsor as being meaningless, but it's not meaningless at all. I think it opens the door to going after cities and counties that, that don't attempt to ferret out illegal residents when they stop them for traffic violations and that sort of thing. It's a mean bill with mean consequences, but we'll... We'll see how that plays out in time. Do you think that that some folks may have voted for that as cover for the other? That's a that's an interesting uh, argument to to say, yeah, because it's there were only four votes against the bill in the Senate, and uh, you know, I, I perhaps that is say I'm against illegals, and that other bill, and they were very careful to emphasize on the DACA bill that you're only voting for legal citizens here. They're not citizens or legal residents, I guess is the proper word, right? All right, moving on, uh, the uh, the last major financial bill of the session passed the House and heads to the governor. It provides tens of millions in corporate income taxes over time, but also raises 
$40 million or so in new revenue by requiring Internet merchants to collect state sales this, tax. This was a funny bill to watch because for weeks, including in newspaper advertising, you'd have thought this bill was all about car washes. It was trying to equalize the, the tax on strictly automated and not automated car washes. And that was something that grew out of a tax reform task force study, and it was Bart Hester's baby. And I don't think I was told by somebody involved in this bill that it wasn't intended this way, but it turned out that that was a great cover for the much bigger and much more volatile parts of this bill, particularly the part of the bill that they've been trying for, what, 10 years to pass, and it took a Supreme Court decision to open the pathway to it, and that is to require collection by out-of-state merchants and hotel room booking organizations on Internet sales. Uh, that's money that, in theory, had to be collected, had to be paid by the consumers all these years, but never was, and now they can require its collection. They think it'll be worth $45 million a year in state and local income tax revenue. So that's, But there are a lot of people who said the Internet ought to be free, this is a tax increase. And Dan Douglas, who's been the sponsor of this forever, said, no, it's not a tax increase. It's supposed to be collected. It just wasn't. But as a practical matter, it's a tax increase. And as Josh Miller pointed out in his heartfelt and lonely opposition to it in the House, it's another tax increase that affects poor people the most because it's, I mean, believe it or not, people buy dog food on the web now and people buy potato chips and paper towels on the web now and, and even even poor people do because guess what? It's cheaper than the Dollar General to get Amazon to deliver it sometimes. So once again, we've increased effectively our disproportionate sales tax burden at the same time we gave corporations a whopping big reduction in their income tax rate from 6.95 to 5.9 percent on the top rate huge deductions for loss carry forward some tech some technical accounting terms that over time are going to be worth tens of millions of dollars not immediately but but over time randy zook the state chamber of commerce said this was the number one priority in their legislative package and they got it. Well, so this is a, a real example of how the sausage is made. Yeah, I mean, it would. So really, the outcome is. I mean, I thought the internet tax needed to be done. I mean, in fairness to the bricks and mortar retailers, uh, I don't think the corporate income tax will do anything but fatten the wallets of corporations and not have any particular impact on making this state more attractive to business. Although you keep hearing that. Uh, but but that's what happened, and, and and if you'd follow the newspaper reporting, you'd have thought it was all about car washes. Uh, well, let's talk about the the big doing today. Uh, despite an outpouring of opposition from Little Rock advocates, a civic committee endorsed a bill that would allow the state to extend control over Little Rock School District and other districts under state control for up to four more years. Up to four years more state control where it's now five for districts in academic distress, but it was clear from Kim Hammer, the sponsor, and from Mark Johnson, who who led the fight for the bill the day before, that this is about Little Rock no more or less. It kind of hacks me off. Mark Johnson simply lied in the committee meeting, or he told an inaccuracy, let, let us say, uh, when he said he covered Little Rock School District. He doesn't. He lives in Ferndale. He doesn't have a single Little Rock School District voter in his district. Kim Hammer has about 800. Why Why do they care about, about Little Rock? The, there, there's an agenda at work here that we're not still entirely sure what it is. Uh, uh, Joyce Elliott 
was pretty unhappy that this bill was sprung on her, including by a member of the Little Rock School District so-called Community Advisory Board at the last minute. Nobody the told, chair of the, the chair of it, yeah, Jeff Wood, a lawyer who was a key Johnny Key appointee and represents the majority white western fringe of the district, which is anxious to get its own school so they don't have to mingle with those people in the other part of town. And so there's something at work here. I, I'm formulating a theory that given them a, the five-year period ends in January, and at that point the State Board of Education has to decide to annex or consolidate the district, which it can't do, or, quote, reconstitute it. Well, what does that mean? Johnny Key said in his testimony it might mean partial school board control. It might, Who knows what it means? Well, I think it means more charter schools most likely, and and I think it means doing whatever is necessary to make sure Little Rock isn't again controlled by a majority black school board. Now, that was one of the opinions expressed today by Charles McAdoo, a black man who was on the Little Rock school board before it was fired. And, you know, I I mean, I, I hesitate to say there's a direct racial element, but I think it's at play in this, certainly. And, and among the discussion today was the thought that there's a movement afoot to create a West Little Rock school district, which just seems nuts to me on a number of levels. I mean, if nothing else, it would be absolutely divisive economically, also racially. It, it makes no sense to me, but there's clearly a lot of talk about it, which Johnny Key himself acknowledged. I mean, that as long as Pulaski County School District's in court on desegregation issues, it won't happen. But I, I fear we're never going to see a return of a unified Little Rock School District that's democratically controlled and, and has control of its own destiny. Too many other things are happening, including Jim Sarvillo's bill that would allow the Little Rock School Board to expand to nine members, which there's no good reason for it unless somebody has in mind some way to control the redistricting and the drawing of boundaries in a way that control of the board will be more liking, more to the liking of people like West Little Rock Republicans like Jim Sorvillo. Who who drew the boundaries in, under previous law? I, you know, I, I can't now remember if that was a process of the court uh, oversight. I mean, they date back to when the, the district was under court control, so I, I just can't even remember how, how they were drawn. So the legislature is expected to wrap up next week. Uh, the bill will be in the Senate on Monday, where it would seem likely to pass. Then it will be in House Education on Tuesday, um, where if it's going to be beat, it will be beat there. And the, and the advocates of Little Rock haven't given up hope, but I just think the folding that they arranged after beating it in the Senate once and they got a couple of people, including a Republican and a Democrat, who had oppose the bill to Ford to be Ford, I just get the feeling something is, as I say, I think this is about more than two more years, which can be renewed for two more years of state control. I, I think this is, legally they should have had an exit strategy by now, they don't, but I think there's an exit strategy, and I don't think when we finally do see it, people who are believers in the Little Rock School District like me are not going to like it. Okay, well, we will stay on top of that. Um, let's talk about amendments. The House voted uh, to put a constitutional amendment on the ballot in 2020 that would change limits in the way uh, that it would it would open the door to um, it would change term limits. Excuse me, 
but it would allow current legislators to yeah, grandfather's current legislators to keep serving. In, in theory, it shortens the limit from nominally sixteen to twelve. In fact, the current limit is really more like twenty, and everybody who's there now could still operate under that limit. And 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 furthermore, in in shortening it to twelve, if the guys who are sitting there now stayed out for four years, they could come back and run for twelve more. So it actually extends theoretical term limits to thirty-two years. But it'll be called a term limits amendment, just like the last dishonest amendment was called a term limits amendment in 2014. And since the word term limits are magic, it'll probably be approved. The only hope, if you don't like this sort of thing, is that the Arkansas Term Limits Organization manages to qualify its proposal for the ballot through the petition campaign and shortens them to 10 years. And I'd I'd be inclined to sign up with them, I think, if given the opportunity, because this this bunch, they couldn't be worse if we replaced them all. Well, speaking of petitions, there is another proposed constitutional amendment that seems headed towards passage aimed at making it harder to put initiated acts and amendments on the ballot. Yeah, and it came out of a Senate. It passed the House, came out of Senate committee this morning. They may have even passed it this afternoon. I, I don't think they added to the agenda. They'll pass it next week. Uh, this, by the way, was right up at the top of the Chamber of Commerce agenda, too. They spoke for this bill. They just don't like the people. They didn't like the minimum wage increases. They they didn't like the fact that uh, the tort reform, their tort reform thing got beat, and they want to control the process. They're going to do it by <clears throat> changing the, the deadlines for when you can challenge a petition, making them early in the process, but they're also going to eliminate a cure period, which gave you a second bite at the apple if you fell short in your first petition gathering. They've got other legislative things in the work to add other kinds of restrictions on petition gathering. They just want to kill it. As as opponents pointed out, there'll still be a path to the ballot for petitions, but only you if you have an incredible amount of money, which, of course, the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce has. Okay, and in possibly the lowest moment of the week, though there are always all there sorts were a of lot contenders. Of them. Um, in the same week that all of Arkansas's uh, congressional delegation voted against the Violence Against Women Act, the Arkansas Senate rejected a bill that would have allowed victims of domestic violence to leave a rental residence without paying penalties otherwise associated with early termination of the lease. This bill passed the House 91 to nothing. It provides a little comfort to victims of domestic violence, more often women than men, I must say, uh, so that they don't get stuck with a, you know, a, an early departure penalty if, if they check out of an apartment where their spouse has been beating the crap out of them. The argument against this was is it created some problems for landlords. They might some of the, it, it allows some people to stay in the rental for a while before they have to leave, and you know that. And I don't, I don't mean to be mean to Nicole Clowney, who worked really hard to pass this bill and who's a great person. I have to believe the number of times this circumstance would be invoked could be counted on just a few hands, I would think. I mean, we're not talking about there likely to be thousands. Do- dozens, hundreds, thousands of these cases. And so a little discomfort for a landlord who, who already has no habitability requirement under Arkansas law to begin with and can make people live in the most squalid, inoperable circumstances and still collect their rent, 
You know, I just didn't have a lot of sympathy. But apparently in the Senate, there are a lot of landlords. Several of them admitted they were landlords, and then they voted against this bill for landlords against battered women. It was it was a low moment. And it happened, I think, either the same day or the day after all four Republican members of the House from Arkansas voted against re-extending the Violence Against Women Act because guns are more important to them than women are, than battered women are. This is a... There's really no other way to put it. French Hill might choose to put it otherwise, but I don't. So one more week. We'll be back next week to close it out. Hopefully uh, the Stand Your Ground bill may come up next week. Yeah, I mean, they haven't been able to get it out so far. That's good. And the, and, and Trent Garner was driven into angry submission by his effort to open up public buildings all over the state to conceal weapons. The tourism industry rose up in mass after some late-night finagling by Garner to get his bill out of committee because it would have allowed guns and, and convention centers and arenas where alcohol is sold. And some people thought that was not a good idea. Imagine. Imagine. All right, well, let's move on to endorsements. What do you got this week? Did, did, did I, did, I was going to do something a week or so ago, and if, I, if I'm repeating myself, tell me to shut up. Did I mention the MacArthur, the Arkansas Museum of Military History? No. Well, I meant to a couple of weeks ago because this is not a surprise. to It's a surprisingly large group of fans. I've been there two times in the last two weeks, and a big crowd there both times, or three times, I think, oddly enough. It's a small but good museum. The, the exhibits there are good and interesting. They're very Arkansas-rooted. But there's value added, which is what I think surprised me a little bit, and that's not a knock on them. It's a knock on me. They have a film, a monthly film series that's just great, and they, they provide a little extra elaboration on the films. I saw one about women in World War II who ferried military planes and didn't get recognition for it until many years later. They've got an exhibit coming up in which World War I propaganda posters are going to be used to illustrate the fight for women's suffrage, a very interesting thing. Any event, it's just it's just worth you to get check their Facebook page, follow their film series. It's it's mostly documentary stuff, and they just they're very friendly. They just do a great job. And at the film series, they also serve uh, free beer from Stone's Throw Brewery down the street. So wow! So there's that. All right, I'm counting down the days until Stone's Throw opens in my neighborhood. Uh, I've got two quick endorsements. I try and fail most weeks to follow the vegan before sex uh, routine where you <laughs> eat vegan for breakfast and lunch and whatever you want at dinner. And uh, I uh, today was sort of tired of my usual spots and tried out Blue Sage Vegan Bistro in the River Market, and it's pretty good. This is the second time I've had it. I had the uh, fake Philly cheesesteak sandwich. The, I don't know what the meat substitute was. It had a lot of mushrooms and uh, onions and jalapenos and on a good hoagie roll. It was, it was pretty good. Uh, and they do these curly french fries. I'm sure you wouldn't approve. Well, I, you know, I, I'm okay vegetarian, but I just like cheese. Cheese Wait, and eggs. I'm lactose you know? intolerant, so I'm, I'm sure that fake cheese is not as objectionable yeah, I mean, to I me just, as it. I mean, I'm fine meatless. I mean, there's there's some great vegetarian stuff, but I, the vegan thing has just been a little lifeless for me, i got to say. Uh, this is basically vegan junk food. They have, uh, you know, Fried all fried. and vegetable oil. Yeah. Or grape, you, grapeseed oil or, or something. Or whatever. Can you, can you make 
cottonseed oil. Is cottonseed oil legal for vegans? I don't know. Yeah, why not? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's a good frying medium. I know that. But uh, Uh, Mushrooms, by the way. This guy who's growing his mushrooms out at Y, I bought some uh, at uh, the Heights uh, Neighborhood Market, and they're great. Yeah. These big old, I forget what they call them, big old huge things. Slice them up, just saute them. and They're not portobellas? No, these weren't portobellas. This was some kind of trumpet-looking thing. And then he has these other yellow. He has all kinds. They're just fabulous. All right. Check it out. Uh, my other quick endorsement, I finished uh, Marlon James' new book. Uh, what is it? Black Leopard, Red Wolf. It's the first of a planned trilogy. Uh, James is uh, the the Booker Prize winner. Um, this is his sort of African fantasy epic, and I loved it. It was sort of it's very literary, but um, but you know all kinds of mythic beasts and African myth. And uh, James is sort of hard to follow a lot of times, but if you just kind of give yourself in to not knowing what's going on all the time and not keeping up with all the characters, you know, halfway in, you've you've got it. Okay. You would not like it. No problem. <laughs> I, 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 I'll, res- I'll pass, I think. For everyone else. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening. Subscribe via whatever you get podcasts on and tune in next time. See you around.